0: The Government Accountability Office often gets way down in the weeds for its oversight work. Who said what when, chapter and verse on what part of the federal acquisition regulation that wasn't followed, dollars misspent using a federal credit card, month-by-month timelines for wobbly programs. But GAO also takes the big picture. A case in point is its latest study on the big trends that will affect the government. Here with more, the Managing Director for Strategic Planning and External Liaison, Steve Sanford. Mr. Sanford, good to have you on.
1: Great to be here, Tom. Thanks for having me.
0: And my first question is about the Center for Strategic Foresight that you are part of at GAO. What is that and what does it do there?
1: Sure. So foresight and thinking about the future is something that GAO has done uh, for a long time. We've been doing it for decades as part of our strategic planning process. But uh, back in uh, 2018, with the support of the Comptroller General, we created the Center for Strategic Foresight to enhance our ability to identify, monitor, and analyze emerging issues as not only the issues, but also their implications for GAO and the work that GAO does for Congress.
0: All right. And how do you go about doing that work? How do you decide these are the trends that we all have to worry about?
1: First, you know, maybe say a few words about the the center as well. You know, we we, we have the center staffed from both internally with folks at GAO who are experts in foresight. And we also have a network of uh, non-resident fellows who, in their own right, are experts in foresight. So we have an outside perspective that we bring to the table through the Center for Strategic Foresight. These are experts in uh, government, academia. From the private sector, and non governmental sector, uh, they've done foresight work at the World Economic Forum for the OECD. They run global training institutes focused on on futures and future thinking. So we're able to bring that brain power to the table as well as all the experts we have at GAO. And here's the link to strategic planning. We're one of the few. Agencies I'm aware of in the federal government that has a foresight office and strategic planning under the same roof. You know, they're both in my office. We have the center and we have our planning team. So we're able to integrate the foresight work we do into our strategic plan. And, and those are the trends you see that emerge in the strategic plan. Right. Um, so the
0: implication is that GAO does a lot of work that is not directly requested by a congressional member, even though you do all of those. But there's an agenda that is kind of goes alongside that just to make sure that Congress, your ultimate customer, knows everything it needs to know.
1: Yeah. So actually, the trends are really a reflection of, of what we understand the future to be. In terms of the oversight questions we're going to be asked by Congress, it helps us be ready. It helps us make sure we've got the right people with the right skills in place to answer those questions, to make sure we're hiring data scientists, for example, or actuarial scientists or experts from the physical sciences and engineers to uh, answer all those thorny questions about uh, emerging technology and support the technology assessments we're doing. So the trends really are about us being ready and anticipating the future needs of Congress and understanding how that landscape is changing and the types of questions they'll be knocking on our door with. So in the development of the trends, we have a lot of internal um, experts. You've you've had them on the show. We've got folks with deep expertise across the whole federal enterprise. We talk to our internal experts, they're in touch with Congress continually, and we also get outside perspectives and do our own research and bring those together. And the result is the trends that you see that that accompany the plan.
0: And do you feel that the methodology and the amount of expertise weighing in on this allows you to perhaps spot the occasional black swan, so to speak? That's a word that gained currency when the pandemic hit, although shouldn't really have been a black swan, but it nevertheless seemed like that. In other words, how do you make sure you're not simply projecting the last five years, five years ahead?
1: So first of all, we're not trying to predict the future with our trends. Any good a foresight practitioner or a futurist will say you know, predicting the future is, is a fool's errand. So we're not trying to do that. But we are putting on the map important issues affecting policy, affecting government, affecting the types of oversight questions Congress will come to us with. And it's interesting you mentioned the pandemic. If you, you know, Over the last decades, if you asked uh, almost any futurist or any expert in foresight, uh, what concerned them. Uh, a, a pandemic flu was almost always in the top five. And so it's not so much that we don't um, know some of these issues, but it's it's a question of to what extent are we planning holistically for them? Are we taking a systems-based approach? We've seen a number of shocks in the last decade or two, whether it's financial crises or terrorist attacks like 9-11 or a global pandemic. These are shocks to the system. Something like our trends document helps put on the table. Some of the issues that we see continuing to evolve and that could continue to affect policy questions in the future.
0: We're speaking with Steve Sanford. He is the Managing Director for Strategic Planning and External Liaison at the Government Accountability Office. And looking at the list of things to think about in the future in your latest report, I want to ask you about a couple of them. And one is, something you've mentioned before, that is GAO has mentioned before, and that is fiscal sustainability. And when Congress, if they ask you about that, I mean, the only answer is stop appropriating so much, which means, you know, the $5 trillion just spent or 4.6, whatever it is, on pandemic relief. There was a couple of trillion back in the crisis of 2007, 8, 9, financial crisis. What's your take on sustainability and what are you telling lawmakers?
1: Fiscal sustainability and debt have been uh, a mainstay of GAO's forward-looking work for decades. It's been on the map. Uh, You can go back to some of our strategic plans. Our 2000s strategic plan, for example, talks about fiscal sustainability. And one of the issues we see starting to, to change is... The amount of time that there is to make changes is shortening before some of these things become critical. So of course, the federal government, the Congress are going to do what they need to, to get us through um, emergencies. And we're coming out of an emergency right now. But after, as the pandemic recedes, and as the economy substantially recovers, you know, we see that there there's going to need to be attention paid to strategies on starting to uh, shift that long-term fiscal path. Debt, is projected to have uh, rising interest costs associated with it in the future, especially if interest rates rise in the long term. So that's going to start crowding out uh, even further the uh, federal budget. And we've long been talking about the importance of healthcare costs, you know, federal healthcare spending through Social Security and um, other programs that taking up a greater and greater part of non-interest spending in, in the budget. So that's that's going to continue to be an acute concern moving forward and as you said a lot of the emergency spending that we've seen in in recent years has you know added to those those concerns
0: i mean fiscally it seems like maybe the nation is like someone who's jumping off a 50 story building at 37 36 35 34 things are fine
1: well i think one of the key takeaways here is that the sooner actions are taken the less drastic changes will need to be down the road so if you imagine piloting a, uh, a large cargo ship or something of that nature, a small tweak early in the voyage can have a big course correction further down the road. And if that is done and, and done uh, with it enough lead time, it can make the, the types of changes that are needed less drastic than they might be done on an emergency basis in the future.
0: And a related question that you have cited in this report is evolving health technologies, which could yes. be related to spending outlays for health care that the government makes, but also in the ability of the nation as a whole to be resilient for crises and so forth. What are the concerns there with evolving health technologies?
1: As with a number of our trends, you know, they highlight trade-offs. Uh, we've seen through the COVID pandemic, for example, some of the incredible uh, things that uh, health technology can do, you know, rapidly rolling out uh, innovative vaccines um, on a a scale and using technologies and and in a time frame that folks before the pandemic would have said was impossible. So so we're seeing incredible leaps in technology. Gene editing is, you know, progressing as a technology and there's also the advent of AI and how uh, artificial intelligence might be integrated with, with the healthcare system. So all of that has tremendous potential. But we also see that high technology and health also costs money, and that has the potential to increase costs. So there's some trade-offs there. We can get uh, some benefits, but we have to keep an eye on on what the uh, ultimate costs might be associated with them. The other thing, too, is that you know right now, healthcare spending is growing faster than GDP. So that, that's a, as a sector, that's a major chunk of, of spending in the U.S. So it's going to be crucial to understand how we can embrace these technologies as appropriate, make sure that they're appropriately taking into account issues of, of patient privacy and, and fairness, uh, especially when we're talking about artificial intelligence. So embrace them, but also understand what some of the implications might be on cost and fairness and, and make sure that, that policies implementation take those into account.
0: And briefly, who should read the report and take in all of these trends?
1: Well, we we think everybody. (laughs) We built a broad set of trends that cover a lot of different corners of federal operations. Uh, The other important thing I'd like to stress about the trends is they're very cross-cutting in nature. You could pick one trend and see its application to a lot of different programs and agencies and policy questions. And we work really hard to create that cross-cutting nature in our trends to highlight that these are actually, you know, complex issues. These are complex questions that are gonna require in some cases some complex solutions. And um understanding how they can spill over and influence one another and, and cross those silos is one of the first steps to taking some wisdom from the trends and, and also making policies that take into account future uncertainty and future opportunities.
0: All right. I wish we had hours to talk about so many of these racial and ethnic disparities, sustainable development. The list is pretty compelling, but we're going to sign off now. Steve Sanford is Managing Director for Strategic Planning and External Liaison at the GAO. Thanks so much for joining me.
1: Great being here today, Tom. Thank you.
0: We'll post this interview along with a link to the Trends Report at slash federal drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows.
2: Hello and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. And today I'm thrilled to be joined by Melissa Bradley, the founder and managing partner at 1863 Ventures, an investment company focused on bridging entrepreneurship
3: She was a staunch advocate around rights for renters. Um, we were not in a financial position that we actually ever owned a home, uh, but she made sure that people who lived in various types of housing.
2: As a company grows, WEPA is growing as well. And you are so spot on. We have, as as leaders, we have to let go and trust those people that work for us and empower them to do their job and then let them roll. And that's not always easy. This
3: episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second,